Welcome to the Fleet Safety Geeks podcast, where we discuss the latest industry trends, best practices, and strategies for keeping your fleet and its drivers safe on the road. Whether you're a fleet manager, safety professional, or a driver yourself, our goal is to provide valuable insights and actionable tips to help you prevent accidents, protect lives, and promote a culture of safety within your organization. From vehicle maintenance and driver training to regulations and technology, we cover it all. Tune in every week as we explore the challenges and opportunities of fleet safety in today's fast-paced, ever-changing world. Welcome back to another week of Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm here with Phil Mosier. Phil, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Bob? Good to see Doing you. Good. Yep. Thanks. Um, we have special guest, uh, Susan Hip. Susan, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Glad to be here with both of you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Susan, you're the executive director of the Network of Employers for Traffic Safety. I think I always say that wrong, so I'm glad I actually wrote that down. You got it right. Um, And you were selected as the executive director in October of 2021, and you're responsible for overseeing and leading all aspects of the organization's operations and services, including international growth, um, conferences, and annual benchmark process, and other road safety programs and initiatives. So that's what you gave me. Can you explain a little bit more what that all means? (laughs) We do a lot. We do a lot. And and it, that is a mouthful, Network of Employers for Traffic Safety. So NETS for short, a lot of people may know us better as NETS actually, but we are an employer-led organization, uh, public-private uh, organization led by a board of directors uh, with lots of members who are focused entirely on fleet safety. We want to keep employees safe. We want to keep their family members safe. We want to keep the communities where they live and work safe. So our goal is to provide resources, information, um, et cetera, in order to do that. So that is our mission. Well, that's great. We love having you on our podcast since it is focused on fleet safety. Um, We are the Fleet Safety Geeks, and we'll make you an honorary Fleet Safety Geek for this episode because it seems like you fit right in. (laughs) I do. I'm just as much uh, of a geek as you are, I believe. So, yeah, we can talk fleet safety all day. I've known you for how many years, Susan, and and, and she's absolutely uh, safety geekish. So yep. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe it took us this long to get you on here because, I, listen, Nets is it. As far as uh, driver safety, uh, I think it's just an outstanding, outstanding organization. And uh, Thank you. Um, just the, the work that um, that you and your organization do are just it's so important. Thank you. People, you know, I don't know if people going on. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know if people understand if you think about how many people drive to work every day. I think the, right. the latest stat I have, which is old, is you know 85% of um, employees in the U.S. drive to work. That's a lot of people every yeah, day. And, and then and even, even with the people who are still staying home, you know, like uh, doing a, a mix of work, uh, you know, uh, office, home, work schedule, you still, I mean, you drive out in the roads, there is a lot of traffic, just as much as uh, pre-COVID, so... Uh, and then, the, and the numbers, as we all know, are, are just startling, startling yes. what's going on in our roads. So Nets is even more important now than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, so for, um, for our listeners and viewers on YouTube, since we're on both platforms, can you talk a little bit about some of the programs just very high level, um, that Nets, uh, kind of, uh, is responsible for or has, has, yeah. uh, provided? 
Absolutely. I think a lot of people are probably familiar with the term Drive Safely Work Week. We, for years now, have done a campaign called Drive Safely Work Week, which ironically is no longer a week-long campaign. <laughs> so we changed that a few years ago into smaller mini campaigns that you can use throughout the year. And so it's a, it's a toolkit. It's fact sheets. It's social media. It's information to share with employees and their families about specific topics. So we have things like impaired driving backing and parking. I mean, think about how many employees are backing into things every day, right? <laughs> so oh, for sure. to avoid that and what to think about. Um, we have things on speeding in there, for example. Um, the latest one, we, we just released a toolkit on fatigue driving and how to address fatigue with your driver. So things like that, they're small topics that are resources that are just, you can use them and put your own logo on them, make it your own for your company and translate that to how you need with your employees. So it's, it's just important to get that information out there and to share that and, and to just do that all year long. So instead of that week-long campaign now, it's all year long resources whenever you need. One of the other things that NETS does is, uh, this is for our members, is an annual benchmark report. And I know Phil's very familiar with this, Bob, you've probably seen it as well, but we ask a lot of information from our members. How many vehicles do they have in their fleet? And it's by vehicle type. You know, Are they driving light vehicles, medium, heavy, two and three wheel vehicles? Um, where are those fleets? We do it by country level. So it's not just US, it's global. How many crashes have they had? And then we do a really extensive program survey with that and ask them, you know, what type of training do they do? What's on their scorecard? Do they have in-vehicle monitoring systems? Do they track high-risk drivers, et cetera? So very extensive survey tied into that. And then we have statisticians who take a look at that. We actually partner with the National Safety Council. Um, one of their statistics managers uh, does the analysis for us long-term, looking at companies' data from a few years ago versus this year. What have they changed in their program that's affected crash rates? And so we take all of that and we put it in a report and we say, these are the companies that have low crash rates. And this is what they're doing and why they have low crash rates. So if you're not doing that, consider this, look into this, try to change this. This is a way you can update your fleet safety program to bring those crash rates down. So not only is it protecting your employees, but it's also saving your bottom line because cost, that's important. You know, if you are having fewer crashes, way less costs involved as well. So that benchmark report is really comprehensive um, and provides a lot of information about that for our members. But we have a lot of free resources too, um, trafficsafety.org. You can go on there and find um, a comprehensive guide to road safety to, to talk about how to implement a fleet program or, or how to improve your existing one. We have a novice driver's roadmap, young drivers. I've got, I've got two teen drivers right now. So everybody needs to know when you're first starting out, what are the things you need to learn and how to, how to work through learning how to drive? So that's on there. Uh, we, like I said, we have that fatigue guide. We've got a, a wellness website talking about wellness related to driving and being safe and being healthy and stress-free, eating right, getting sleep. Uh, we also have an impaired drug-free driving at work website. Um, standalone website talking about how to address um, impaired driving with your employees. So all of those resources available on our website, lots of information. It's just, it's important to keep this front and center and make it part of your culture. That's one of the things we talk about a lot. You know, if your culture isn't focused on that from the top down, then, then you're not going to get the message out. You have to have that as part of your culture, and all of these resources can help do that and, and get employers where they need to be to make that a top priority and a focus. Well, I got to say, that's amazing. And I, I, I will say I like that Safe Driving Work Week so much that, that I incorporated that into our safety policy, and we have a Safe Driving Work Quarterly 
quarterly. <laughs> you know, how do you say that? We do that four times a year um, just because I liked it so much. So that's great that you've kind of expanded right. it. And Phil, you're absolutely right. Um, why did we not have Susan on earlier? That's a wealth of knowledge. It's, it's, I mean, <laughs> a lot of seriously. good information for people. I mean, I, she may be more geekish than we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all the stats and the numbers from our benchmark. I could quote them left and right here. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I, yeah, I read awesome. the report. I ingest it. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a comprehensive report. And anybody who's not familiar with it, you really, you need to check out that because they're just, it's, again, it's, it's top level um, stuff as far as driver safety. It's the, you know, it's a conference that's just totally focused. I mean, we've had uh, people from NAFA on and we've had people from, you know, various organizations on, but NETS is solely focused on safety, which is, again, it, especially nowadays with the way things have happened since the COVID shutdown and the way the numbers have just skyrocketed. Um, Susan, the, the work you guys are doing is just so, so important. And, and I love what you said about, you know, you have to get that culture, right? And uh, being involved with nuts, you can't help but get that culture. Uh, and, 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 and exactly right also, look at what the other companies are doing benchmark off of them, use that as leverage to start creating that culture and getting your driver safety initiatives going within your organization. Utilize that. It's, it's foolish not to. Um, you know, it's peer pressure, you know, corporate peer pressure. It, it's, it, it's a good thing. You can use that. You can leverage that to get, uh, to get your company to or your organization to where it needs to be. And, and I love also that you've expanded outside North America. We have, we have, <laughs> we, yeah, uh, what was it? 2019 was our first international conference. We went to Costa Rica um, and, and got to focus on some issues in Latin America and the region there. If you've ever been to Latin America, I have. They, don't, they don't pay attention to lanes down there. They don't. <laughs> you just drive where yeah. you want to drive. And so we had a, a very good first regional international conference um, in Costa Rica there. And then we followed that up during COVID with a virtual conference for Latin America in that region and talked about, you know, continue talking about the issues that they're facing there because it's very different from the U.S. as are other regions. And so to speaking of that, um, great segue into announcing we are planning to have a European um, European um, uh, Middle East Africa regional conference coming up this year. So we were looking at September. We were thinking originally spring. So if anybody was at our conference, we said spring, you know, you know, Paris in the spring. <laughs> it's it's uh, we ran out. Of, we, we ran into some issues of scheduling. And so we now have decided to bump it to September. And so we're planning to have that. We'll have more details coming up, but it will be Paris in September. So it's very easy for everybody in that area to get to addressing the issues within that region. Um, you know, fleets have very different issues, like I said, than the U.S. So, for example, some of our companies have fleets in Africa. They can't get safe vehicles there. How do you get a five-star vehicle in Africa uh, when they don't sell them there and they're not driving them? And how do you keep your employees safe and find those vehicles and bring them to where your drivers are? So that's just one example of one of the issues that we want to talk about, um, you know, environmental impacts on safety and fleets and sustainability, for example, or privacy issues with drivers. Europe has a lot of privacy issues in place. Mm -hmm. So how do we deal with that with our drivers and ensure that we're tracking and, and paying attention to their driving habits and, and what they're doing without invading their privacy? So lots of issues like that that we can address um, at that conference in the spring. So we'll have more information coming soon. 
in, but um, great to have, you know, a lot of people come to that and share ideas and network and, and talk about those issues. Well, I'll be sure to put a link to your website in the description of the YouTube video. So anybody listening on the audio version, just be sure to jump over to our YouTube channel and find out all the information on that and how to uh, uh, find out the information for your uh, conference. I think that would be great. Is there going to be a virtual version of that or any kind of recordings of it? Uh, we likely will record those sessions. I'm not sure yet that it will actually be virtual. It's That adds a whole nother level of um, impact, right? When you're, <laughs> as we know from our last year conference, right. to do it in a hybrid um, environment where it's virtual and in person. So very likely it will just be in person, but hopefully with recordings of those. And so people could then just sign up to do the recorded version if they're not able to attend in person. Um, but speaking of conference, we also are about to announce our annual conference. So you get the first dibs on this because we haven't announced it yet. So that's how <laughs> that's how special you are. So anybody listening to your podcast can hear the first announcement that we will be going for our annual conference. That's our Strength in Numbers Fleet Safety Conference in uh, October. It'll be the week of October 9th in Indianapolis. We've never been to Indianapolis. Um, it's a great conference city. We'll be right downtown, um, hoping to possibly have a little fun excursion out to the Motor Speedway for any of you Indy 500 fans. Um, hopefully that can be an add-on event. But uh, Indianapolis, great, great location there. We'll have, uh, as as Phil mentioned, you know, we're, we're completely focused on safety and fleet safety. And so lots of great topics and presenters um, that we'll bring there and, and invite anybody that's interested in this to come and join us in October. Again, more information, we'll have that as, it, as it's available. Well, we feel privileged. You are. You are very privileged. I have been waiting, seriously, because, you know, I'm, I, I go every year and... Um, it is, uh, it's so, again, I just keep saying so important, but it is, you know, I, mean, I don't want to, I can't overstate that. And, uh, yeah. if you've never been to the, uh, Nets conference, you need to go. Uh, it is, uh, one of the premier conferences as far as it's just totally, totally, totally focused on driver safety, which is, is. Bob and I can attest this right up our alley. We have we have fabulous um, sponsors, net sponsors that come and share all of their information. Phil, as you know very well from Driving Dynamics, mm -hmm. um, you've always been there uh, for the last several years. And so we have a handful of sponsors that are always there to share information. And they'll be there again this year as usual, too. To, it's just all sorts of resources and just really great experience from all of them that can be shared with the attendees. Yeah, looking forward to it. I love that we got the inside scoop and we get to break that to Good. everybody. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I feel privileged here. Ooh, you know? <laughs> I'm really geeking out here. Um, so, Susan, um, you mentioned a couple of things. You said the, so the fatigue uh, program that you're um, promoting right now. Again, so important. Um, so many crashes that are fatigue related. Mm -hmm. And and I think fatigue, you know, having been, uh, you know, a crash investigator and all, I, I think that uh, sometimes it goes underreported or misreported. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some crashes uh, that I, you know, uh, investigated where the only way I can, you know, and, and obviously a, a fatal, um, where you can't speak to the driver, um, the only explanation is fatigue and that, you know, that they, they, yeah. they uh, you know, how do you either, you know, you know, the, the micro sleeps that, 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 that drivers right. experience. And what's scary about that is talk to any driver and they probably could tell you an experience that they had with fatigue. I think everybody, absolutely. Everybody, everybody. Right? Yeah. I, guilty. Yep. You know, um, 
And, and that's really, really scary when you think about it, you know, that every driver has, has, can tell a story about something that happened to them when they were fatigued driving. Mm-hmm. And so again, I think the awareness created here is going to be vital. Uh, yeah. People need to understand that there are really consequences to that bad decision. Uh, I mean, it gets to a point where how, depending on how tired you are, you could be even more unsafe than an impaired driver. Exactly. And it's, I think we mentioned that in the guide, even it's, it is just as dangerous as impaired driving and people don't realize that, you know, we've had all of this publicity for years now about don't drive drunk, don't drive while you're drinking. Well, you know, how about don't drive while you're tired? And in the guide, um, this was put together by our board member liaison from NIOSH, the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. And uh, she did the research for us and put this guide together. So it is research data driven. And it's talking about how do you address fatigue with your with your employees? What are some ways you can um, make them safe? And we've found it also talks about our benchmark, our benchmark report with our members. We are finding those members that have fatigue management systems in place have lower crash rates. Right. You know, why is that? Well, because they're not driving tired. They're not crashing. Right. It's, it's, it's the companies that allow their employees, they empower them to report fatigue and do something about it and to pre-plan. Um, you know, you have to plan ahead and know, you know, if your driver has been working in the factory for 10 hours, they shouldn't be then also driving somewhere after that, or somebody getting back from a, from a business trip that they flew, you know, different time zones, et cetera. You know, you need to make sure you're getting enough sleep. You need to have a plan in place. If that driver is too fatigued to drive, a lot of companies now are using systems, you know, in vehicle monitoring systems that show when drivers are tired to give warnings and beeps, et cetera. Um, you know, not all companies are able to implement implement those devices, but things like that. So the guide addresses a lot of those things. And along with the guide, there are fact sheets and social media and things you can use with your employees to share that information. So, you know, we just had, it's it's afternoon here, just had lunchtime. And, you know, if, if we just had lunch and had a big meal and we're tired and had to go out and drive for our job right now, you know, would, would, would be okay. You, it's, that, you have to think about those things. It's always my worst time of day, right after lunch. Yeah. So if yep. you see me nod off here, you'll see what you'll know why. Uh, but <laughs> we'll just yell "Go Eagle!" That'll wake you up. <laughs> but so what I always tell drivers is like, so realize when your worst time of the day is, and if you can, and you can't always do it, but a lot of times you can, schedule yourself away from driving. Yeah, you know, uh, just work your schedule that way. If you know that's your worst time of day. And, you know, always obviously try to get enough rest and things like that. But mm-hmm. I'm just so glad to hear that uh, you're, that Ness is addressing that one because yeah. I, I think it's very, very, very important. If you if you sat in on the, the conference presentation we had, Phil, last year at our annual conference, we had a presentation on fatigue management mm-hmm. um, by our, our board member. Um, and it was ironically right after lunch. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody, somebody made a comment about that on the survey. You know, maybe don't have the fatigue presentation right after lunch. <laughs> The irony. Point Good advice. Point you hear the rhythmic knocking of heads on the table. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, fun. Phil, we talked about this on a prior episode, and I mentioned how, um, you know, I may have had a perfect good night's sleep, you know, not even tired, but the road, you, you had a term for it. I mean, if the straight, boring road and cornfields on both sides, you just start getting fatigued from right. seeing the same stuff right. over and over again, and yeah. you actually kind of get what was that term 
so well there's road hypnosis and i'm trying to think of the road hypnosis yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you know where you, you just it's there's lack of stimulation you know yeah mm-hmm. so I, I i once did a one-on-one training with a driver who uh drove in louisiana and uh drove through a lot of swamp area and the guy had had a couple of run off the road collisions and right after lunch susan so there it is yeah and yeah. um so i started talking with him about it. he goes i get enough rest but you know i get tired and all so i said okay so you're having these micro sleeps and everything luckily we caught it you know in time that he didn't have anything really really serious happen but it certainly could have so i never do i um recommend you know eating or anything while driving but what i did with this guy was he didn't drink coffee but he liked coca-cola so i said okay so he got him a cup he kept the cooler in his trunk he poured some coke into there with a straw put it in the cup holder and you know because i'll tell you what if you've seen one mile swamp you've seen it all <laughs> so there was a lack of stimulation going on here with this guy in his worst time of day he's driving through these areas which he's seen a million times and he would just reach down take a sip put it back the action of doing that along with the sugar and the caffeine that was in the soda worked for him and mm-hmm. he didn't have any more but Again, recognition of that. So that's why I say these programs are so important because it creates awareness. And, exactly. uh, and, 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 and that's, that is really our, that's our goal, you know, at Nets. We have all of these programs. We have all of this information. It's awareness. You know, a lot of companies have stand-up meetings, you know, once a week or every day or whenever. Um, right. You know, in these meetings, make sure you're providing this, this safe driving information. Um, exactly. one, of our, one of our presenters, uh, one of our keynote presenters was a gentleman named Stephen Kiefer at our conference. Oh, who, we, we, had him on the, we had him on the podcast. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, you know, you know him very well. You know his story. Yeah. And, you know, his, his slogan um, that he shared with us and, and handed out some of those uh, little, the little paddles um, with his slogan on there is just drive. Right. It's, it's just drive you. And that's the, that's the reminder to all the employees is, you know, just drive and make sure you're not fatigued, make sure you're not distracted and not on your cell phone, make sure you're not speeding. Um, Phil, I just saw your article, by the way, that came out about speeding in the three, you know, the three areas of speeding that affects that. So great, great article. And that's, that's another point, you know, that we need to remind employees all the time is about speeding. You know, that that's, it's um, my, my son, um, he's a sophomore and working on an English project right now. They have to pick some sort of community-based topic to talk about and address and write to some sort of, you know, politician or public figure about how they think it should change. And my son's actually working on speeding and, and talking about, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. So um, it's a great, you know, he might've had, right? might had a little influence for mom. Right. I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, talking about, you know, the speed limits in the area and, um, you know, because so many states are talking about increasing them all sorts of places and, and we don't need to be increasing them. We need to be reducing them in a lot of places. Right. And, exactly and right. um, you know, it's, it's just you don't you don't necessarily get there faster just because you're speeding. So, nope, um, nope. It's, it's an important it's, topic. And so I like your article where you're talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, that's, that's nice of you to say. Uh, again, and I think at all, a lot of the speeding that's going on, you know, is, again, you know, Bob and I have talked about this, just the aggressiveness on the road seems to be at an all time high <clears throat> and speeding is a part of aggressive driving. It's one of the symptoms yeah. and, um, you're exactly right. Now, if you're running late 
it and I think I the, the, the line I used in the article was it's a lesson of futility trying to speed to make yeah. up that time. You're just yep. it's just not gonna work. You get the next red light or next traffic jam, there goes the the, the thirty seconds you picked up. Yeah. It, it's it's every study has shown that that does not work. Um, you know, I need to go back and find it, but you know, speaking of our Drive Safely Work Week campaign, several years ago we had one in there talking about speeding, and we have an infographic in there that, and, and I'm not a mathematician, but it was all numbers. If you drive X number of miles faster, this is the amount of time you get there faster, and it's not that much. No, you think it's no. going to save you 20 minutes no. because you already, you know, you're picking up your speed. It's not. It's right. it's mere minutes. It's not that much. Right. And, yeah. and again, the point I make is uh, you get stopped for speeding or you have a crash, you may not make it at all. You're not going to make it at all. Yeah. Right. So, we, you know, and that's, that's being an international organization and trying to address global issues. That is a very big issue globally right now, too, as well. A lot of organizations trying to focus on reducing um, the speed, especially in, you know, public areas where kids are walking to school. And, right. you know, around the world, there are a lot of pedestrians, um, bicyclists, um, you know, a lot of um, road users that are not in vehicles. And the, right. the numbers of fatalities are going up and, and we need to reduce speed in those areas. Um, and, and employers honestly can have a big effect on that. You know, if they have a large company in an, an urban area like that, they can have an influence on the speed around their facility and around their, their company. Exactly. So, and, yeah. and this is especially true now with EVs uh, becoming, you know, more and more EVs on the roads, which are silent because they don't have engine noise. Yeah. And then you have people who are walking around with these things stuck in their ear, you know, yeah. so you, the pedestrians are, are, aren't paying attention. You got bicyclists who got the ear pods mm -hmm. in listening to their tunes. They're not paying attention. Then you got drivers who are in silent vehicles and not paying attention. Yeah. Is there any wonder we're having problems? You know, it's, Come on. it's not a good mix. It's not it a good mix. And, you know, and I know that's why the focus has shifted so much lately to the whole safe systems approach, you know, mm -hmm. not just looking at driver behavior, which of course is a, a huge influence on, on our numbers here, but you know, the whole system, you know, do we have safe paths for bicyclists and for pedestrians? Right. And, and, right. you know, I, I live in St. Louis and we have a lot of bicyclists here and a lot of angry motorists that think they should be off the road. <laughs> well, we have bike lanes, but there it's very easy to hit them. It's right next to the road. If you're not paying they're, attention. They're right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned that you talk about the sustainability piece um, as well around fleet safety. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that really falls well into like all of the ESG reporting that companies are required to do now on the environmental side. Yeah. There has to be a sustainable uh, impact by reducing crashes, um, reducing speed, you know, and all of that stuff. What, what does uh, Nuts think about that? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing, what you just said there, it's the speed, you know, the, the sustainability in terms of you're not using as much fuel, for example, um, if you're not speeding, um, you know, keep your employees safe by doing that. Um, and it's, it's kind of the, the route planning as well. You know, you're going to reduce the time that you're getting somewhere, the time that you're in a vehicle, if you have a journey management plan in place where you're planning the route for your employees, so it keeps them safer, it puts less time on the road, for example. So that's part of it. And then that reduces your cost too, right? The fuel consumption. So um, these environment, you know, the, the electric vehicles, a lot of people are trying to put those in place. And there's a lot of questions around that. 
you know, the cost up front for an electric vehicle, where are the charging stations? Um, it's, it's personal safety, maybe not so much as fleet safety, but personal safety. If they're sitting somewhere charging a vehicle, is it in a safe place? Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if they lose the charge and they're on a highway somewhere? You know, what is their plan? Do they have a, a, a call center or a manager or who do they contact if they break down, not just with electric vehicles, but, you know, in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, so there's a lot of factors to consider with all of this technology and this sustainability that's coming out. But bottom line is it, it saves costs, right? And in, in saving those costs, it also is helping keep the employees safe in, in different environments and, and just, you know, making it, having a plan for everything. So I think that journey management is really important as well. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, you, as far as sustainability and, and just the way you operate the vehicle, um, it goes hand in hand with safety. Yeah. You yeah. know, the, not the harsh accelerations or the harsh brakings, you know, accelerating towards a red light, uh, coming off the gas, slowing down, uh, proper route planning. And uh, it, it, they, they, all of this really leads to a, a safer driver as well. And, 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 yeah. and also... If a person is being conscientious about the way they're driving their vehicle for sustainability reasons, that means then they're paying attention. They which are. Yep. We all know is. Well, and then this translates to you know it's not just employees. Again, I mentioned we we focus also on family members and communities, right? So right. when you're driving your kid to the soccer game, if you have those habits in place as an employee, you're going to have those habits in place when you're driving for personal reasons too. So it right. it translates yeah. over. Mm-hmm. And That's if you have important. bad habits in place, those kids are going to watch that. And then when they start driving, guess what? <laughs> oh, the, the, number right of, the number of crashes that happen on the, the high school parking lot where my kids go to school, <laughs> it's ridiculous. They're all, as the second they get out to their car, they're on their phone. They're not paying, they're speeding out of there. They're cutting people off. It's, yeah, the behaviors are, they're very learned. And so if you can get this in place with your employees and then translate that to family members, it right. will have an impact. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the part of the episode that I, I hate doing on the podcast is, is bringing it to a close because we've had such a great conversation and time has really just flown by. <clears throat> I'd like to extend an open invitation for you to come back if you ever feel we need to do a part two. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. do you have any closing thoughts on um, anything that you would like to ta- uh, chat about or Phil, if you want to bring anything up uh, before we kind of close this out? I really just want to reiterate the fact that, you know, there are resources for employers, whether you have two vehicles in your fleet or if you have 50,000 vehicles in your fleet, there are resources and there are ways to provide this information to your employees. As I mentioned, NETS, it's trafficsafety.org, tons of free resources, but we also have things just for members as well, that benchmark report, for example. So lots of ways that you can really make an impact. And if you're not even sure where to start, um, pull up, you know, pull up our comprehensive guide to road safety. And it talks about the, the things you need to consider and things you need to look into. So start with something. You can't change your entire program overnight. You can't put everything in place overnight, but pick something, one or two or three things that can have an impact and focus on those. And then that can start to make a difference. So it, it is, it's just all about keeping people safe, reducing those fatalities and getting these numbers back down. That's great. I will be using those resources as well. And I, I know I've gone out uh, to your site before I even knew it was NETS. And I stole all of the resources for the, the Safe Driving Work Week to make my uh, quarterly one. So yeah, I'm glad I was able to find it. Phil, how about you? Any uh, any last thoughts? No, I just, uh, again, uh, I just, if you're not familiar with NETS, get familiar with NETS. If you're you know, interested in uh, driver safety, which if you're not, 
what do you say, Bob? If it's not your job, make it your job. Um, that's right. Yeah. That's so, great. Um, it, it's everybody's job <laughs> yeah. because we all drive, mm-hmm. right? We're all out there on the roads. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, make it your job. Uh, if you're not familiar with Nets, get familiar with them. Uh, use the resources available. And uh, mm-hmm. if you've never been to the Nets National Conference, go. You you won't regret it. So that's yep. I'd love to see everybody in person. Come, come introduce yourself, say hi. Um, Love to have you there in person. And and I, I, I want to just add as well, you know, thank you for this opportunity today. This is always fun talking with both of you and being able to chat, you know, fleet safety, us fleet safety geeks, we stick together. That's right. (laughs) Thank you for agreeing and and coming on the podcast. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for your time. All right. Well, with that, we're going to call this uh, episode, uh, bring it to close. And, um, I hope everybody has a great weekend and we will talk to you soon. Bye.